0: Welcome to English, Please, the podcast where we explore captivating topics in under 10 minutes in clear, intermediate English. I'm your host, Christopher. I'm a language enthusiast, and I'm very interested in the most effective ways to learn a new language. I'm glad you've joined me for another episode designed to help you improve your English listening skills and vocabulary. I'm at my apartment in New York City, and it is becoming very, very crowded throughout the city right now. Tourists are here from all over the world to visit for the holidays, and it's busy everywhere. There are many sights to see during the holidays. The most famous, of course, is the enormous Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center, but there are many others. One that's very popular but that isn't necessarily a holiday destination is the Statue of Liberty, I'm sure many listeners know about the Statue of Liberty, but I'm excited to talk today about some of the facts and history associated with it. The statue is located in New York Harbor, and it can be seen from many parts of Manhattan and Brooklyn. This iconic monument is over a century old, and it encompasses the stories of immigrants, the alliance of France and the United States, and the evolving ideals of freedom and immigration. In this episode of English, Please, I'm going to talk about this magnificent landmark, and I'll explore its conception, design, construction, and enduring legacy. The idea for the Statue of Liberty was born in France during the 19th century. This was a time of political change and the pursuit of democratic ideals. French politician and anti-slavery activist, Édouard René de Laboulaye, conceived the idea of giving a statue to the United States as a symbol of the shared commitment to liberty and democracy. Specifically, Laboulaye wanted a monument to celebrate the successful abolition of slavery in the United States, to symbolize hope for oppressed people around the world, and to strengthen support for France's own democracy. Oh, one small thing before we go on. There are many French names in this episode, and I thought a lot about how to pronounce them. Is it better to pronounce them as they sound in French, or is it better to say the names the way English speakers say them? What's the norm? I decided to say them the way you might hear them in an English conversation, with an English pronunciation. For example, when an English speaker refers to the famous tower in Paris, he or she will say, the Eiffel Tower, rather than the Eiffel Tower. Renowned French sculptor Frédéric Auguste Bartholdy was chosen to bring this vision to life. Bartholdy, who was known for his monumental sculptures, had started planning the design of the statue in the 1860s. Interestingly, his original plan for this statue was an enormous Egyptian peasant woman dressed in a robe and holding a torch. Bartholdi had presented this concept to Egyptian leaders, hoping the statue could be placed at the entrance to the Suez Canal in Port Said, Egypt. His idea was rejected because of the costs, but this basic design was modified and later became the statue we see today. In order to engineer the intricate structure of the statue, D worked with the French structural engineer, Gustave Eiffel, famous for his work on the Eiffel Tower in Paris. The expertise of Gustave Eiffel in working with iron and in structural engineering played a crucial role in the design and construction of the statue. The decision to use iron as the primary material allowed for the creation of intricate details while ensuring the stability of the statue. The construction of the Statue of Liberty began in 1875, and Bartholdi oversaw the process. The statue was constructed in pieces. The copper skin was assembled over a framework of iron supports designed by Eiffel. In 1885, after the completion of the statue in France, it was disassembled and shipped to the United States in more than 200 boxes aboard a French ship. The Statue of Liberty arrived in New York Harbor on June 17, 1885, and it was a highly anticipated and exciting event. There was a grand parade in Manhattan, and thousands of spectators gathered to catch a glimpse of the iconic symbol of Liberty as it was transported to its final destination on Bedloe Island. The statue was reassembled there and the island was renamed Liberty Island. On October 28, 1886, the Statue of Liberty was officially unveiled in a ceremony presided over by President Grover Cleveland. The event marked the dedication of the statue to the United States and the world. The statue's official name, Liberty Enlightening the World, represents its intended purpose as a symbol of freedom and enlightenment. The torch held high by the statue represents the guiding light of liberty, illuminating the path to freedom for all who seek it. The tablet in the statue's left hand is inscribed with the date of the American Declaration of Independence. This further emphasizes its connection to the principles of democracy. Over the years, the Statue of Liberty has evolved into a symbol much bigger than it was in 1886. It has become a universal symbol of freedom and democracy. The statue's welcoming posture and torch have come to represent hope and opportunity for immigrants arriving in the United States. In the late 19th and early 20th centuries, a huge amount of immigrants came to the United States and many passed by the Statue of Liberty as they entered New York Harbor. The statue's proximity to Ellis Island, where immigrants were processed during this period, further connected it to the immigrant experience. The sight of Lady Liberty, which is a common nickname for the statue, served as a powerful and emotional welcome for those seeking a new life in the United States. While the statue was a gift from France, It was the responsibility of the United States to build the base, or pedestal, for the statue. A poem by Emma Lazarus was inscribed on this pedestal with a well-known line that says, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Written in 1883, the poem symbolizes the welcoming nature of the United States to immigrants. Unfortunately, there is some controversy surrounding the differing opinions on immigration in the U.S. and the relationship with this poem and the symbolism of the statue. Some people argue that the poem reflects the historical commitment of the United States to welcome immigrants and to provide a place for them. Others, however, say that the poem's inclusion on the Statue of Liberty does not reflect any law or policy and this poem should not have any influence on any modern immigration decisions. The arrival of immigrants has always been a source of both opportunity and tension. On the one hand, immigrants have helped to build this nation's economy, culture, and diversity. On the other hand, their arrival has sometimes been met with fear and prejudice, leading to some ugly policies and terrible practices. Honestly, this debate is often associated with bigger discussions about the role of immigration in shaping the national identity, and sadly, it is often a bitter debate. I don't want to end on a negative note, though. The Statue of Liberty has become an integral part of American culture, featured in numerous books, films, and works of art. Its silhouette is instantly recognizable around the world, and replicas of the statue can be found in many countries including France, Japan, and Brazil. This serves as a testament to the universal appeal of its message. The United States continues to be a nation of immigrants. And incidentally, my own family members passed the Statue of Liberty when they came to the United States more than a century ago. That brings this episode to an end. Some of the concepts here were a little complicated. But if you understood most of what I said, you're doing great. Don't forget, as always, there's a transcript available to check your understanding, and you can find the link in the episode notes. I recommend listening again with the transcript to help with anything that wasn't clear. Again, I'm Christopher, and I want to invite you to join me in future episodes of English, Please, to hear about many different topics, all focused on helping you with your English. Subscribe now wherever you listen to podcasts, and let's embark on an adventure together in clear, understandable English. I also encourage you to visit comullen.com slash pod for more information. That's C-O-M-U-L-L-E-N dot slash pod. See you soon.